Welcome. You tuned in to the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I came here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? We're waxing from that new moon solar eclipse from just a couple weeks ago, and now we're waxing towards a full moon, which is going to be a lunar eclipse or an eclipse of the moon on May 5th. And this is, these are my favorite times of the year. These are the biggest full moons and new moons of the year. And so I want to talk about how we can maximize this energy of this, this eclipse energy to, to set our goals and set our sails into the future. And I want to talk about Taurus specifically because Taurus is, we're at the 14th degree of Taurus, the middle phase of the middle of spring, if you're in the Northern hemisphere. And so I want to talk about this fixed earth sign and how we can use the evolution of the Zodiac to understand our sensory perceptions a little bit more and how to really start to work these lessons that, that Taurus teaches us by really earthing or grounding and manifesting our sensory perceptions. I also want to talk about this full moon. The moon in Scorpio is always a really magical moon. It is said to be the Buddha moon or the moon that Buddha was enlightened under the full moon of Scorpio. And it's really special to me. So I want to talk about that polarity, this axis of love and power. This is our last eclipse of this axis. And before we move on to the Aries work for ourselves, the Aries empowerment work. And so this is really a powerful time for reclaiming our power, for working on self-empowerment, for really being able to look at those parts of ourselves that we've hidden or we've been sort of suppressing with Pluto squaring the nodes and Saturn and Pisces. There's really so much astrology to talk about. But the big, big message here is reclaiming our power and working on this self-initiation, this this crowning moment, this coronation of the self. (laughs) So I want to talk about that, how we can get our ascension energy aligned, elevate ourselves, elevate the people that are around us and really maximize this moment in time and space because there'll never be another moment like this one. <laughs> so let's take a moment to ground our energy, find our center and tune into the field. Take a nice deep inhale. And as you exhale, start to root your energy into the core center of this earth that we live on, wherever you are on the planet. Ground your energy, anchor yourself into the planet, into the place where you live, and start to feel the oppositional force of the energy that's rising up into the space, into the the heavens above And also start to feel into the space that surrounds you. You have the front, the back, the right and the left, the diagonals in between, and then that heartbeat in the center of it all, just really rooting into our heartbeat, 
feeling that center. And then as you get more efficient with this centering, this tuning in, you can start to then circulate that energy, that vitality and that pulse of your own rhythmic heartbeat, your own rhythmic breath, just really circulate it into the field, into the space that surrounds you, down and into the earth, up and through your system, out and into the space. It's, it's really about getting this energy to move through you and in the space that surrounds you. And by really activating our presence in the center of our field, we can come into terms with what it really feels like to calibrate the core, where we tune into the spinal column, feel that sense of clarity and centering in the vertical axis of our field, of our center. Once that vertical axis is integrated, then to feel the broadening in the horizontal space, the horizontal axis of yourself, and really feeling the, the balancing and the, the friction oppositional energy that creates integration from that vertical axis in opposition to the horizontal axis. It's really one of the best tools that we can use when we're tuning into our core is just feeling the up and down and then the space around. (laughs) Because once you do that, again, as you start to circulate the energy, you're building strength in your nervous system. You're building strength in your aura. You're building strength in your magnetic field. You're actually starting to activate that, that core vitality of yourself and moving it into the space around you. This is what helps to magnetize the things that are meant to be for our for us and then it repels the things that are not meant to be for us and the best way we when we stay in tune this way that's when we're living in rhythm we're tuned in the core is calibrated and from that place we have the most we can really get the clearest perspective from the center is where we can really hear the call feel the guidance sense the feedback, feel the self, sense when things are on or off. You know, I mean, this is, it's, it's really, really powerful skill, but it's also really important. I feel like the more that we come to terms with our own center of gravity and really understanding the nature of our, of our structural alignment, that's the Saturn energy. When you really start to work that structural alignment, you can fortify it. Or you can learn to give a little space, or maybe you open up some rooms in the, you know, I always think of it like, like my soul house, the house of my soul, where it, this is the place where my, where my light dwells. I need it clean. I need it open. I need it clear. And so I'm constantly like cleaning house, you know, and this is again, by tuning in this way, you can get a sense of how the world is speaking to you, how your guidance is coming through your intuition, support from your ancestors, your guardian angels, however you want to look at that. There's a way from center is the best place to to start. And I have this phrase, if you ever went into my physical Pilates studio, I had a little, I had it framed as you walked in, center to enter. (laughs) And it's one of those things where I really try to do, if I'm going to do something important, you know, before I do a project or begin a thing, I center to begin. And if I can start with that, and then I try to carry it through as best I can. But the best thing is, is I start, I start it with that. And so also really powerful experience to do first thing in the mornings 
or when you first wake up to feel that anchoring and centering with the self, the vertical axis, the horizontal field, starting to move that energy through your auric range of motion, through your field. And my gosh, like I said, this is where we resource energy. We get some back from ourselves and we also can give it from this place in a really graceful way. That's what I found in my practice. So I hope that helps. Take a moment to just tune in again before we get into the cosmic sync part of the sesh. I really feel this is the thing. It's like, again, we're going to tune into this cosmic stuff that is esoteric. It's philosophical. It's conceptual. It's subjective. And as I say in every session, this is your experience. I want to give you some tools that I use that I found beneficial to help me tune into myself. And I want you to refine and develop your own. Hopefully that's what you're getting from these sessions is, is a little insight and guidance, how to make your own way, you know, because it's very personal. This, this practice, this, this path we all walk is our own, you know? So before we cosmic sync, I want to take a moment to come back to center, ground the energy Make your presence known in the vertical axis, the horizontal axis. Take one to three breaths to do this in your own timing. Feel your heartbeat. State your, just energetically state your presence. Just by being clear and aware in this moment. And then open yourself up so that you can receive what you need to and let what you don't go. And I hope you're inspired. I hope you're uplifted. And that's really the message of this time. It's This is our own unique experience. And we have to, the more we all honor that in our own unique way, the more fulfilling our independent lives will be, but also the more we can help each other make this world a better place. Okay. So now that you've grounded and centered, let's take a moment to talk about soul sinking with the cosmos. <laughs> so as I've said before, the eclipses are some of the most powerful times of the year. The eclipses, the equinox, and the solstices are the most powerful energetic times of the year. And this is because it has to do with the sun, the moon, and the earth making an alignment. And they're the most prevalent, these are the most prevalent celestial bodies that we have a relationship with. You can start to understand the planets, the other planets as as they move through the solar system. But even if you just took a moment to, if you just took it into your own life to practice your connection and your understanding of the sun, the moon, and the earth cycles, when you can tune into these, you can start to tune into yourself as well. And again, just like, this is what I call the living in rhythm. It's where you really line up with yourself, soul sinking with the cosmos, and you tune in to the rhythm of the earth and the sun and the moon. And so the best, easiest way to do that is to watch, to start to observe and make connections of what you're observing through the lunar phases, because the moon changes every two and a half days. And so the moon is one of the best tools we have, not only to calculate time and space, but also to understand this rhythm of the wax and the wane, how energies are, how energies can pull back and how energies can push in the waxing and the waning powerful wisdom in that oppositional energy and that polarity. We just had a solar eclipse on a new moon in Aries. It was a dark moon. 
And if you observe over the over these last couple, if you've observed from a new moon, you can watch it goes from the new moon to the crescent to the half, the first quarter, and then the gibbous, and then full. From that full, the energy wanes, gibbous, last quarter, crescent, new. You know, so this hap, this wave, this wax and wane happens over and over again. And what I've noticed is, as I said before, in the, in the eclipse of the sun session, I was really talking about like the, the new moon, especially when it's aligned with the North node is a really, it is the biggest new moon of the year because it's setting an intention. You can set intentions on a new moon. Every new moon is a great time to sort of take that, that calm moment where the tides are low and the light is dim with the moon and you use that waxing energy to grow a goal or grow a vision or a prayer or an intention and you can see it manifest as it grows through the through the full into the full moon the cycle repeats in so many ways of life in our lives the fascinating thing that i've experienced is on the like that's a, if you watch that once a month, you'd be getting, that's like a monthly goal setting situation. When we look at the waxing situation of an, of a solar eclipse, a new moon and a solar eclipse, this gives us a little bit longer time frame to work goal setting. So for example, the, the, the eclipse that we're, this, this eclipse that we're going to experience on the 5th of May is the last eclipse in this cycle that we've had for the last approximately 18 months where the North node has been in Taurus, the South node has been in Scorpio. And it started in January of 2022. That was when the North node went into, into Taurus and we had our first eclipse at the end, the end, it was in April. That was the first. So if you think back to like last spring, 2022 spring to now, we have these this is these are the lessons we've been learning in the north node in Taurus. And so this eclipse happening, we won't see the north node come back into Taurus for 18 years. And so this is like an 18 year cycle. But if you break it down, this is really interesting. But if you break it down to 9 years, this is approximately 18, approximately 19 9 years. But if you break it down to approximately nine years, you'll find that in nine years, the North Node will be in in Scorpio in the opposite position it's in now. And this is important because if you look back like 10 years, nine to 10 years ago from where you are, whatever goals or things you were working on from them, you can reflect and see where, where have I evolved? What have I evolved since then? And how can I maximize this to take it to the next nine years or the next 18 years? Okay, so if you're into moon intent, you know, moon goal setting, this is a really powerful tool. And if you're not, that's okay too. You can just observe, like this is you this this eclipse is not going to be visible from the United States where I live. It's going to be visible from the other side of the planet. So that'll be interesting. We'll see. Um, it'll be cool for we'll talk a little bit more later in this episode about <laughs> some of the the cosmic things that are going to be occurring during the eclipse. But what I do want to say is that if you, if you kind of take these windows, so 
two weeks ago, we had the solar eclipse new moon. Now we're coming into this full moon lunar eclipse. And what I hope, what I'm experiencing in my own life and what I hope that you're being able to play with is that the insight you've, you know, you maybe have had some revelations or some, you know, you've just been contemplating some new ways to set your sails, so to speak, some ways to engage and live a little bit deeply, more connected to yourself, more connected to your authentic self and empowerment. That's what that Aries moon was about. Now we're hitting it. It's coming towards the Scorpio energy. And Scorpio is all about the things that have been hidden, suppressed, depressed. There might be some disillusionment. There might be some magic and mystery. And I just think that that with this full moon coming up, there is opportunity for enlightenment, especially because it's going to be a lunar eclipse. So with the South Node being in Scorpio and the Moon being in Scorpio, this creates a really, really powerful surrendering and revealing. It's like a self-surrender and it's a revealing of things that have been undercover, things that have been hidden. And it's going to take a lot of love, self-love, to reclaim our power by breaking down these, by, by really observing these things and allowing ourselves to grow from, like to grow from it. The Scorpio energy always reminds me of compost. <laughs> I just think it's like compost. It's going to, it's going to help the garden grow. If you break it down and you let it soak in, it makes the garden grow. But a lot of people like to hold it. You know, there's, that's the point is like, are we hold it or we hide it or we don't want to use it. And it's like the, the stone that the builder refused will always be the head cornerstone. <laughs> I know I'm always quoting Bob Marley. Um, but here's the thing. If you think about this concept around what have I, what did I, nine years ago, I set a goal for my self-empowerment. Now I have an opportunity to look at what worked with that goal setting and really focus, double down on that, focus deeply, more deeply in that way. Or I can choose to stay where I'm at, stay hidden, stop. So this, this eclipse that's coming is the last eclipse in this nodal axis of love and power. That's what I termed it. And the reason is, is because with the North Node being in Taurus, it's very much about manifesting our love, our appreciation, grounding the things that we find energy from. It's a sensory experience, the things that we get energy from through our senses, through the things that we love and appreciate, through the things that we value. And so it's like, it's really emphasizing this loving nature. And with the Scorpio is all about power. And reclaiming that power with the South Node. So if you think back, again, there's this really interesting pattern that occurs in the nodal, in the eclipse cycles is that every nine years, 
the eclipses occur in the opposite sign. And so the North Node, nine years from now, will be the South Node. And what I find fascinating about this is that when we look, it, it reminds me so much of like the cup being, ha- the filling of the cup and then the pour- the emptying of the cup. <laughs> it's like you want to fill the cup and then you want to surrender or drink, right? Or you want to imbibe or whatever it is, like use what's in there so that to, to empty the cup so that it can be filled again. And there's, especially when it comes to our self-empowerment, our self-worth, there's so much that we've been holding back. And there's so, in, in a lot of ways, I see how humanity has been, like people don't, People are okay with the status quo, with as is. And the mantra I've been using a lot is like, do better today than I did yesterday. If I can do better today than I did yesterday, that's what I'm trying to do. Do better, do better, do better, feel better, you know, like do my best. And from this space, if I do that, then I'm thriving and I'm pushing into, like I'm I'm actually working on myself. I'm building strength and support within myself. There's this other pattern though, that can be like that a lot of us find ourselves and we've all been there before, but I feel like this is kind of a moment in time when it's really easy to sit back and just to not let your soul shine, you know, not let your soul shine. I can feel it in myself. That's why I'm like hesitating a little bit because I can, the last couple of weeks I've really come into this place of I can see the places where I've been holding myself back. And I also see the places where I just have been pushing too hard. And the effort is ridiculous. Like trying too hard is just, it's not in the cards anymore. (laughs) There's no more trying. It's only doing. And I think I was talking about this last sesh actually. And this is the whole thing. When I come to terms with that, then I'm okay with myself and where I'm at. I also feel present. And I've just come to this place where I realize that I don't need as much as I thought I did. I'm not yearning for feedback from teachers or classes or like, I just want to sense the world for myself. It's this, I'm not, I'm not seeking out so much information from without, without myself. It's within me. It has been, and I've been cultivating it. And I just, this is the South node in Scorpio. It's like, what have I been, you know, we can distract ourselves and, and really delude ourselves with outside feedback or looking for proof, listening for the magic and the words, instead of really allowing it to experience, allowing ourselves to experience it because it's there for us. And, you know, this, sometimes I like, I've been using the word chasing a little bit, but I think I'm moving from that word. It's not so much a chase, but energetically it kind of has been a grasping and, you know, I, it's like, what was I grasping for? (laughs) Do I still want to, do I want that? I don't even think I want that, you know? And so it's this, it's really interesting because a lot of this 
and this, I was talking about this with one of my besties, like so much of this has to do with the Saturn and in Pisces thing and this idea around our belief systems, which, you know, fascinate. This is the whole thing is when you're living in rhythm, the layers of the cycles, just like you, if you work with these transits, you will be prepared for the next transit. And this really started like this disillusionment of my belief systems and my looking outside of myself for information and wisdom and guidance. Um, it started breaking down with the South node in Sagittarius, which is the Sagittarius is the teacher. It's also the, the wisdom keeper, the philosopher. It's the, it has a little bit, it's belief systems, <laughs> you know, and Pisces is that next level of it. But having that South node in Sagittarius, I worked that transit intentionally and unintentionally. In that time period, I stepped away from a lot of practices and beliefs that I was really holding so dear and so true. And I let them go. I just like let the cord go. And it's just like spiraled out in its own field. And, and I was doing that with so many aspects of my life and belief systems and, and teachings I was holding and the way that I felt like it needed to be. So that was around 2020. Now here we are a couple years later, a few years later, after everything we've been through, and I've shed some of those layers. Now that Saturn is in Pisces, it's kind of reflect, it's like we're back at this place where if I can start to see where some of those belief systems were like holding up the structure of things, and if I can let that go, again, if I can just let that go, then I'm left with myself and not all of this, not all of this stuff that is just holding me down, weighing me down, making me feel slow. And, and, you know, I mean, that's the Saturn energy is like slows it all down. It makes it feel heavy, makes it feel very, you know, almost too grounded. And Pisces doesn't really like that. It wants the freedom, super consciousness, you know? And so my point is, is evolving from that understanding of like the South node in Sagittarius of like really letting my belief systems, like sort of surrendering them and releasing them. Now that we're at this final eclipse with the South node in Scorpio, I'm like, that's where you get your power back. Then if you, if I let these things go, if I stop holding on to the, the world, the way I saw, or the ideas, the the things that I believe, and I'm just trying to witness and live from day to day, it's such an exquisite presence that is, I can't even, I'm, I can't even speak a word right now that to describe that feeling of contentment of really being able to, you know, and I don't hold this energy. It's like, I get glimpses of it throughout the day. And I am reminding myself all the time. It's a practice. It's a lifestyle, it, you know, to like come to terms with, with a self, but this is the self work that we're, we're being called to do so we can be strong enough and clear enough and powerful enough to, to thrive with all the changes and transformations that are in the world, happening in the world that we live in right now. So eclipses are so they're big. This is a really big eclipse from my perspective. I'll say this too. When with this eclipse being in Scorpio, the full moon in Scorpio every year, I call it the Buddha moon. There's more, um, 
There's more formal ways to talk about this, but I, I equate it to the Buddha moon. And it's supposedly Buddha was enlightened on a Scorpio full moon, so they say. Now, mm-hmm, time, space, the procession of the equinox, like who knows when, where, what, okay. The the rhythms are cool though, and the stories in the rhythms will help us understand that if, let's talk about it, like enlightenment and a Scorpio moon. And especially if it's an eclipse with a south node, it's the ultimate surrender in order to become enlightened. And this is the whole thing is like, if we're holding on to all of this stuff, our belief systems, who we are, what we think we need to do, you know, the, the, all the concepts of, of the self-concepts that we've like actually built around ourselves to like hold ourselves down and hold ourselves in and or back, you know, full moon in Scorpio is like dissolve it and use it as energy, source energy, you can actually use it to grow and thrive to become lighter, not so heavy, but enlightened. So a full moon in Scorpio is really, really powerful, but especially with that South node, the South node is the emptying the cup. What here has to go? What here has to go in order for me to feel lighter, in order for me to be present and okay with this moment right now, as is, but not as is in a stationary way, as in a, is in a way where I'm actually getting energy and giving energy at the same time. It's totally different being present versus being complacent. Okay, so that's the full moon. Let's talk about the North Node and the sun being in Taurus. Taurus is the middle in the Northern Hemisphere, it represents the middle phase of the season of spring. And I love thinking about that because every time that we're in the middle phase of any season, it's a fixed sign. So Taurus is a fixed earth sign ruled by Venus. It's the bull. And I love it because bulls, you know, bulls are going to do what they want. Bull in a china shop, stubborn bull. <laughs> They're going to do what they want. And they also indulge in in appreciation that when they when there's something that they appreciate that the Taurus energy is is very much about the celebration and the appreciation of the good things in life, and this has to do with the sensory system, like the the things that we like to listen to, or see, or taste, or touch, or feel. It's it's the the energy, and I always think of middle, this, the middle of spring. This is when all the trees are really blooming. I've been seeing so many people taking pictures of blooming trees, which I just love, you know, like that happens for just this moment in time, you know, it's such a qu quick little window where the trees bloom as they do at this time of year. And so we get this appreciation for this beautiful moment, this pure moment that's come after all this, the long cold winter that has been... <laughs> You know, so I, the, the Taurus is about that appreciation and just really soaking up the good feeling also for nurturing that sensory system so that we can sense and experience the world through our senses. And in the evolution of the Zodiac, I always love to talk about this. The evolution of the Zodiac gives us an understanding of how to use these lessons of each sign rather than just being like, it's Taurus season. I don't know any Taurus, you know, like you might know Taurus, you might not, doesn't matter. Everyone experiences this. We all go through this rhythm once a year. 
sometimes there's eclipses, sometimes there aren't, you know, but the, I, the concept of, of around the evolution of the sign of Taurus, it comes from this Aries energy of, of the spark of life, the will to be, the will to be present. I am. It then has this, like, I always think of babies. It's like a self-awareness. The Taurus is a self-awareness of, of understanding. Oh my gosh. You know, this is when the babies look at their hands and then they try to eat it. (laughs) You know, if you see a baby, they're like, or if you've grown a baby and you're raising a child, you've seen this, you've experienced this is when the baby first starts to experience life. What do they do? They put it in their mouth. They're looking to taste it. They're like, Ooh, that's cute. Should I, that's neat. Should I eat it? You know? So it's like, they have the sense of sight and then the touch going for the feeling and then tasting. They're listening to the sound of their people that they love's voices that they heard when they were in the womb. And now they're listening and tuning into the voices as they're out of the womb. So you see how the, like the evolution of the Zodiac really is reflected in our human experience through life experience. And this, this tuning into our senses and understanding the world through our sensory system can give us so much information. That's where the energy of Gemini comes in later, but that's, this is preparing us for that. And so I always, I always reflect on this Taurus season of just like, I use my senses to then practice this third, this earth, this earthing energy or manifesting is one way I used to describe it, but it's, it's a little bit even more basic than, than manifesting, you know, we put so much energy into manifesting, but really earthing and grounding is like a presentness. And so it's just like that feeling of like, oh, it's, I'm having a third dimensional experience of this tangerine, (laughs) uh, you know, so I'm having an experience with this song. I will do that with my senses. If I'm getting a vibe off of something through my senses, I kind of lean into it and see what is this, Maybe I won't have a word or a clear, clear understanding on how to move, but it's a start. Other times it's like I lean into the sensory system and I know in my heart of hearts and my center gravity, I have, I get insight and feedback, wisdom, guidance, clarity through accessing and practicing this earthing in my sensory system. So that's really in the middle degrees of Taurus, in the middle, like we're smack dab in the middle of the spring. And, you know, this is a time when people, the Beltane, May Day, this is the time when we're, we're, it's the opposite, exact opposite time of Halloween, where the veil is thin and the earth is getting, and the things are falling back to the earth in order to, to replenish. So now we're seeing the benefits of that, of that last, last autumn, last Halloween, Last Samhain, everything that we put into the earth and surrendered is now being brought up. But what's so powerful is with this eclipse happening at 14 degrees Taurus and 14 degrees Scorpio, this middle phase of these fixed signs, it's even more potent. It's like, just get rid of it. Empty your cup so that you can fill it again. So you can catch more water. You can catch more light, more energy, charge yourself up. And so it's just, we're with this eclipse happening. I'm just, I'm going to empty the cup, pour it out, pour it back into the earth so the energy can be used and resourced. That's the way I'm working this. 
So that's the sun and the moon. Let's talk about then the actual chart of the eclipse. On May 5th at 1134 a.m. Mountain Time, the sun is going to be at 14 degrees, 58 minutes of Taurus, opposite 14 degrees, 58 minutes of Scorpio. But in addition to the sun being in Taurus, we also have the north node at four degrees and Mercury retrograde at eight degrees. And Uranus is there as well at 18 degrees. But this, this eclipse, this north node is joined with the sun and Mercury. And the way that I'm looking at this is Mercury is the great wisdom keeper, the messenger, the communicator, joining forces with the North Node in the sign of Taurus really is talking to me about connecting to the elements, really feeling and making a relationship, sort of celebrating and making and like enriching and just nurturing my relationship and understanding to the elements as they are so important for our life on earth. We have the sun, you know, the light, the fire, we have the water, we have the grounding of the earth and the winds and the space. So understanding the nature of the elements and and really giving appreciation for them in one esoteric and prayerful way, you could actually consider it being like a communion with the, with the elements and helping to not only like connect and commune, but also to, to sort of comfort and make known like, Hey, I mean, I always do that. Like I live on the mountain. So I just put some love when I'm so appreciative of every single snowflake, every single raindrop. And you just like, thank you, water let the earth soak it up. And I just like, I relish in the earth soaking up the melting snow. It's good for us, you know? And so, so I find actually, I actually feel comfort in that. And I also feel energy. I get energized from it. And this is my, this is the message. It's like anything that's going to help me down my path, that's going to help me stay true to myself and my, my presence, you know, my soul mission which could just be being here to let my soul shine, you know, shine in your light. doesn't have to be a big mission. And that's what I'm starting to come to terms with. It's like, we all have a mission here. Otherwise it wouldn't be here. Nobody's better than anyone else. Nobody's job is any more important than the next. It's about our commitment levels and how we show up. So some people seem like they're more important, but it's their commitment level. It's their presentness, you know? And so the more you start to, again, it's this like idea around, recognizing that the other person is you or recognizing that I am that I am and that if I'm nurturing myself, my presence, that's the best, that's the best thing that could happen for the planet in this moment. There's nothing I have to do except for anchor my energy and be present. And then if I have more energy, I use it to do the podcast. (laughs) Or whatever else. There's all kinds of things. You know, so, okay, so we've got this, the the Mercury and the North Node are really like, it's, it, we're asking to, to come to a, you know, it's interesting because Mercury retrograde gets such a bad, gets such a bad rap. But what it really is, it's, for me, is it's the rewind, the relax, the review. And 
it being with the North node is like, again, it's this almost with it being, it's like empty the cup, review, regroup. What's, what's necessary? What do I need really from this moment in time? And then empty the cup, relax, release. Any RE word is a great word for any retrograde planet, but especially Mercury retrograde. And, you know, the other thing I want to say about that too, that Mercury retrograde is that it happens three to four times a year for three weeks at a time. It's no big deal, guys. Try to, uh, try to take the charge away from that. It's not as, it's no big deal. I mean, it's, things happen, things can happen, but it's not, Mercury retrograde is not nothing to fear or put so much, you know, stress around because it occurs too many times. It's sort of like if you freaked out every time there's a full moon, like you would be exhausted. It happens once a month, you know? So the, the Mercury retrogrades happen once a season. So just recognize that it's just the one time in that season when you get to reflect, regroup, rewind, rework, release, relax. (laughs) Okay. So again, it's like, what can you let go of? There's so much of letting go. And it's funny too, because if you know me, I've been, I mean, I'm always talking about these cosmic waves, these waves that come through and how we can ride them. And these big wave riders, I'm, I am a big wave rider in my mind. I'm a big wave rider of life. And that's the whole thing is like, you got to get towed in a little bit. You got to hold on. And then you need to know when to let go of that rope so that you can catch the wave, you know? And this is, this is the time. It's like, when are you going to, this could be the wave of your life, like, or it just can be a really fun wave to catch, but like, you got to let go to, to ride it. So here we are with this, this deep surrendering of this South node eclipse, working on reclaiming our power. Pluto, the solar transformation that occurs through Pluto is still squaring those nodes as it was for the eclipse of the sun, but it's also retrograde now. And so there's a, the Pluto is preparing to go back into Capricorn and it won't be there till June, but we won't, you know, we won't be back at the zero degrees Aquarius until next year, 2024, you know, and so here we are in this these final days of zero degrees Pluto in Aquarius with this eclipse squaring the nodes. It'll be lightly squaring the nodes through next year. It's fascinating to me that Pluto is squaring the south node in Scorpio specifically because Pluto rules Scorpio. And so Scorpio, where the south node is, Pluto, it's again asking, it's it's bringing up this what can we empty and release and surrender in order to evolve? Pluto is all about the evolution of the soul, the transformation of the soul. And we're going through this really deep cellular transformation at this moment, and it's requiring us to leave some things behind. This is where you climb out of the chrysalis potentially, or you leave the nest. You know, this is what which direction, what's going to nurture my soul's transformation, my soul's mission in a way where I can feel some fulfillment or some contentment, some happiness, reach some goals. What's aligning me? What's aligning me towards my goals? 
And, you know, when I think about Pluto squaring the nodes, which it's going to be doing for a while, I, it, every time I think of a square like this, I think of it like that, like a crossroads. It's a four-way stop. It's like a half moon in a lot of ways. It's a square. This particular one, again, is giving us an opportunity to reflect, regroup, rewind as Pluto is retrograde to like, what's again, okay, wait, what was my, what's my, what's my true soul mission? How do I align with my true soul mission? My, you know, I was thinking that it's like that solar transformation is, has a lot to do with self-empowerment, but this is also about soul empowerment. The transformation of the soul is soul empowerment. And so anything that's going to help me align with that soul empowerment is that's where I'm going. That's where I'm putting my energy and my focus. And if at any point I'm confused or I'm wondering, or I need to regroup, reflect, I ask myself, is this aligning me with my soul transformation, my soul empowerment? And, you know, I think about it a lot, like, like how I was talking about earlier with the vertical axis and the horizontal axis. By tuning into the, by calibrating the core and tuning into my center of gravity, I can sense, again, the push, the pull, the guidance, where the energy could go and be distributed in order to create more balance, more openness, more presentness, more vitality and life force, soul transformation (laughs) on an energetic and on a physical level third dimensional level. And that's what we're being asked to do with the Taurus and the 3D and the spirituality of the, of the Scorpio energy. And then the cellular transformation of Pluto. Boom. So big. We, we want to play with this and experiment, experiment with our capacity to, to flex, to flex our power in the 3D. And that could just simply mean like tuning into ourselves. I mean, it's not, it can be a big mission or it can be just like a day to day, like better than, better than last hour, better than yesterday, better than last week, whatever it is, you know, it's like we're working to elevate ourselves. And so by, by the Pluto in the, in the Scorpio coming together again with this square, with this lunar eclipse, it's, it's offering up an opportunity to, to have what has been hidden be revealed. And so look, tune in, feel and sense for, for the feedback, for the insight, the guidance around what has being, what has maybe been hidden, suppressed, depressed, and ways we can enlighten, uplift elevate. That's what we want to do. On top of the Pluto squaring the nodes with this full, with this full moon lunar eclipse, we also have Saturn trining. It's sextiling the North node, but it's trining, making a harmonic trine to Scorpio still also the moon as well. So this harmonic trine of water is offering again, more insight into not only our belief systems and our, and our outdated belief systems, but our disillusionment, the places where we've been spin, it really is outdated belief systems and how we can open our consciousness up to, to be more at peace, one at peace with ourselves in the third dimension, or, you know, at peace with ourselves in our sensory system, but also to that reclaiming our power that's the Taurus Scorpio thing. But with the Pisces thing, it's to be, it's to spiritualize. 
the Pluto actually has this individuating as well because it's the core, it's the Aquarius energy really helps us to find our, our self, our uniqueness in the collective. And then the, the Pisces energy is like taking that to a whole next level of like spiritualizing, becoming more conscious. It also speaks to enlightenment. And again, it's this idea of like, what do we let go of? What do we uncover? What do we dig up and release and, and give, you know, set free or surrender? You know, these, it's like this, I keep throwing it like you can't see me, but I'm throwing my hands up. It's just like, I, I let go of the rope. I let go of all of that I'm holding onto in order to find a lighter, a lighter path, a more graceful way not to try so hard, not to effort so much or to hold on or to grasp or to grab. It's like, I don't want to feel that energy anymore. It's not helpful for my evolution. And this full moon eclipse is really encouraging us all to do the same in our own unique way. You'll know what to do when you tune into your center of gravity and you calibrate the core, the sensory system kicks in on a whole next level. The deeper you practice this, the guidance and the insight is there. It's there and you only need yourself. You don't need anyone else. You know, we have to start getting strong around our own inner guidance, our inner communication, being able to trust ourselves and to trust in source and life force. You know, if you're here, you're here for a reason. So be yourself. And the final aspect of this eclipse that I wanted to talk about was the Venus it's kind of interesting because it's not really making a, any relationship to the eclipse itself. I mean, it's slightly, but it's more, it seemed like when you see the chart, which I will put on the website, if you look at the chart, it's making a really, it almost just pops off the, the chart, Venus squaring Neptune. And so Venus is in Gemini. Neptune is in Pisces, 27 degrees Venus in Gemini, 26 degrees Neptune in Pisces. Now these are, I've said this before, but Venus and Pisces and Neptune are very similar and that Neptune is, is said to be a higher octave of Venus. And Venus being the ruling planet of Taurus is all about that love, that appreciation, that tuning into our, our value systems, things that we appreciate and honor and cherish the things that we find love in. That's the love. It's the energy of money and possessions, but it's really that love. It's that power of love and the Neptune squaring Neptune, which is the higher octave of that love. It's the un, un, unconditional love, the super consciousness, the super heights of love and all that it is. It's a crossroads. The squares are crossroads. It's a place where it's like, again, it's asking us, is, is there anything that I'm holding on to as far as like my values, belief systems, my values, my possessions, things that I love and appreciate? You know, it's like, it's that stink quote. If you love someone, set them free. If you love something, set it free. Let it go. Empty your cup. <laughs> because the thing is, is, we're really working on fixing because there's so much fixed energy, but with this particular, with this squaring energy, our values, 
our love, our consciousness, our dreams, our goals, there might be at a little bit of a friction or crossroads right now. And that's because we're in the mode, we're in the, in this mode of operation of fixing our sight on enlightenment or on elevating our cellular transformation. And so as we let go of things, as we let go of our ideas, these outdated, as we let go of some of these outdated belief systems, we get to rewrite them. We get to rewrite new scripts, see what's most important, see where we want to put our energy. It's like a clean slate. There's a cleaning going on, a clean slate going on so that we can reinvent ourselves or empower ourselves in new ways. This this axis of love and power in relationship to all of the other transits that are going on, this this axis of love and power over these last few couple years has taught me really the art of listening. It's like true empowerment comes from like opening, like being neutral enough to receive energy. That's like real power. It's not the action of gaining power and grabbing power and, ah, you know, <laughs> making funny faces, but it's just like, it's not that, ah, it's not that empowerment is a presentness. It's you actually get more energy when you hold your vibe and you're steady and still the stillness is where the power is. That's where we get the insight and the guidance. And that's how we can charge ourselves from that stillness, from that presentness, you know? And so let's clean the slate and clear the vibe so that we can really tune in and hear this, hear the, hear the insight and the guidance that's specifically coming to us as individuals. We're going to individualize our, our capacity to let our soul shine. We want to find a little bit more freedom to let that light out, to elevate ourselves so that perhaps it could elevate the ones around us. We want to start to use that energy to just feel alive. We want to use the energy in efficient ways instead of wasting time, depleting ourselves, not being present, you know? So hope you feel this polarity. It's like, choose you. Like I said, last sesh, choose you. And the more you do that and the, the braver you are, and this is my thing, the braver we all are in letting that stuff go, surrendering the, the chase and the effort and just allowing ourselves to be present and magnetic so that what we need comes to us that's power, y'all. The magnetism is the power. So that's what we're, this is, this is the lesson. And we have, we have some time to play with it. We have a few more months to really work this wave before we, we shift some gears and we start to play with the North Node and Aries, which, you know, again, this like, we won't know till we live through these transits, but reflect a little bit on where you've been the last couple of years, how you have been engaging in maybe trying too hard or not trying enough and see if you can find a balance, <laughs> find that middle way. <laughs> because it brings me to this, this is what I feel like we're coming to, the coronation. Sure, there's King Charles III is being coronated hours after the eclipse peaks with the sun still in Taurus and then the moon still in the sign of Scorpio, he'll, he will be crowned King. He's been waiting his whole life for this moment, right? Preparing for it. Regardless of whatever you think about the, the monarchy, the British monarchy as an American, I get to look at it from the outside. So 
It's fun to observe and to study. But the reason why I study these things and I observe them, I'm getting energy from understanding the power plays that are at hand. And this coronation, the investiture and initiation of one man, I am that. I am that. I am. So I can learn from what I'm seeing outside of myself and what I see and what I'm feeling is this, once again, this reclaiming our power and our elevating ourselves. It's like a culmination of all of our work and all of our effort. We're being initiated into our own self-empowerment. And so I'll tell you this, like he can be crowned, but we can crown ourselves. And I've I was, I was talking, I've been, this is part of what I feel like is really coming to play with Pluto in Aquarius as well as like, we're, we're being called to like, we have to write our own declaration of independence. We have to proclaim a man. We have to like have our own proclamation of our emancipation, our own freedom. We're learning to set ourselves free in so many ways. And the powers that be would love to just like keep us, you know, so there's so much there's so much feedback and energy that's kind of working against that self-empowerment which is why even more important to stay strong and true to our own our own focus, our own prayers, our own intentions and missions, our own goals. But the, again, there's so much we can learn from this outside world, the feedback. And I'll tell you this that King Charles was born on a lunar eclipse with the north node in Taurus as it is today. It was actually, he was born with the North Node at four degrees, which is where it is today, which is where this eclipse is happening. He was born with a moon in Taurus, conjunct that North Node. It was at zero degrees and uh, opposite the sun in Scorpio. So he was born on an eclipse that happened in 1948 in the axis of love and power. And now he's coming to his power, crowning himself. Self being crowned, being initiated, being invested in this investiture is occurring when the North Node comes back to where it was when he was born on an eclipse. Like that's so powerful and not a coincidence. (laughs) And so whatever, we can read into all kinds of things. And I I have a feeling I'm going to do a little side video for that. but, But basically, here's the point. We can learn from that. If, if he's taking this moment in time to take this north node at four degrees in Taurus, south node in Scorpio, to be crowned, to be initiated, why can't we? So that's the question is how can, how can I take, step up into my power, reclaim my power, initiate myself, crown myself, elevate myself and in doing so have enough love and compassion and energy to elevate those around me uplift yourself then uplift someone else so (laughs) this is uplifting to me i appreciate you listening i appreciate you tuning in and tuning into yourself and these rhythms and finding your finding your own path i got so much love and support sending your way in your mission to to elevate yourself so that you can let your soul shine this is what i want for like all of us again there's no one's better than anybody else in this world 
we all might be, some of us are taking it more serious than others. (laughs) And so it's up to you to see how much do you want to invest in this, right? Investiture. How much do you want to invest in yourself right now to, to let the, the efforts that you've, all of the, all of your works, all of your efforts, the culmination of all your efforts in your works come coming to this moment where you can take some power back, where you can crown yourself and reclaim, reclaim your mission, reclaim your power, reclaim your soul power. So happy, happy full moon, Buddha moon. May you find some lightness in your heart so that you can reclaim some power and Stay in that path of enlightenment, of making yourself better than you were yesterday. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. I'm definitely here for you. If you want to book a session, hit me up at livinginrhythm.com. And I just am so grateful for this opportunity to share some of my philosophies and my concepts and my practices with you. May they be of benefit and... Yeah, just know I'm sending them out with love every single time. Blessings and love. All right, y'all. Peace.